Go to Philippians, Philippians, the fourth chapter. Philippians, the fourth chapter. And of course, this is where we were on Sunday. Amen. We spoke from this particular passage of scripture on Sunday. And as I began to continue to uh, meditate on it and study it, I don't know about y'all, but I love the word of God. It's something about the God's word. Uh, the more you study it, the more he'll show you. Amen. And so we, um, I wanted to go back here tonight. <clears throat> uh, just the 11th verse. We're just going to deal with the 11th verse tonight. I think that'll be enough. However, you need to keep your Bibles open. Look what the 11th verse says. It says, not that I speak in not that I speak of respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I want to deal with that tonight. I want to deal with that tonight. Paul, he 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 just basically says to us. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. In other words, it's a learning uh, process. It's not something that just happens overnight. It's a learning process. He says, I have I have learned that whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. So tonight we're going to. As I said on Sunday, we're going to talk about the four misconceptions about contentment, the four misconceptions about contentment. Somebody unmute and tell me, what does it mean to be content? Amen. You don't have to, don't, don't, don't try to be deep and all that. Don't try to give the right answer. Uh, what does it really mean to be content? To be content is to be satisfied. Be content is to be satisfied, okay? Uh, somebody else? I think Sister Laura, you you had your um, you had unmuted. I was going to say what Sister Pat said: satisfied, a state of satisfaction. All right, it's a state of satisfaction. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? State of satisfaction. So let me ask this question. If a person is not satisfied, do that mean they're not content? Don't everybody talk at the same time? (laughs) Can a person be dissatisfied and yet be content? No. Not if we're using the definition, our working definition in this moment. All right. What is the working definition? That is to to be content is to be satisfied with whatever you find yourself in, whatever state you find yourself, you find satisfaction in knowing that that's where God wants you to be. All right. All right. All right, well, let's move on into the word of God. Let's 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 see what really let's see what Paul has to say about it. Let's see what Paul has to say about it tonight. Okay, because one of the greatest struggles with contentment is that we often have an incorrect picture 
of what it means to be content, what it means to be content. So we're going to deal with just a few things here tonight. And here's here's what we're going to deal with. And I hope you can see it. If you can, I'll read it to you. And um, but I definitely want you to write this down. I definitely want you to write this down. But I think this is going to be very important. Number one, contentment is not a carefree existence. It's not a carefree existence. Okay. Number two, contentment is not the absence of relational conflicts and anguish of the heart. It's not the absence of. Paul's going to teach us tonight. All right. Number three, contentment is not a life without longing and groaning in our distress. It is not. It is not a life without longing and groaning. Then number four, contentment is not freedom from fear and anxiety. All right. Contentment is not freedom from fear and anxiety. Y'all stick with me now because Paul learned contentment. He learned contentment. Okay. We can gain a better picture of what that really looked like from what he shared about his life. Paul shared about his life with the churches to whom he wrote. Now, remember I told you on Sunday, he had wrote to four different churches at this particular time. And when he was writing, you know, he was writing from a prison cell. Some of the letters he wrote, he was under house arrest. Uh, Some letters he wrote, he was being protected by guards. All right, 24 hours a day, (laughs) chained between guards. Okay, and so and so consequently, uh, you will see that um, if anybody can talk about being contented under adverse situations, uh, most certainly Paul is one that uh, qualifies. Okay, he's one that qualifies. And so let's let's get into the lesson. So number one, contentment is not a carefree existence. Contentment is not having it all together and finding a life of perfect, flawless balance. (laughs) I'm going to help somebody tonight, okay? It's not having it all together. How many of y'all know there are many times that we just don't have it together? I mean, we, 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 we try to act like we have it together. But if, 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 if our contentment was predicated upon us having it together, we would never be contented <laughs> because some of us have problems, you know, getting it together and then keeping it together. And so contentment is not having it all together and finding a life of perfect balance. 
And then secondly, nor is it a pleasant moment spent swinging on a hammock, sipping lemonade, and reading a book on a cool fall afternoon while all the world around you falls apart. (laughs) That's not what it is. All right, but Paul's description of his time in Asia probably would not make the Facebook feed. If they had had Facebook back then, if he had posted everything that he had to go through, then guess what? He he, he wouldn't have made the Facebook feed. Um, go to go to Second Corinthians. Go to Second Corinthians, chapter one. In verse 8, I'm going to show you all something. Paul is going to show us that contentment is not a carefree existence. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians, writing to the church at Corinth. All right, Paul says, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers. In other words, I don't want you to go around not not knowing of the affliction we experienced in Asia. And then here, look at what he says. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Now this is Paul talking. (laughs) I want you to highlight that. I want you to highlight that scripture. I want you to uh, 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 yeah, highlight it. Put a put a big circle around it, so 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 that when you uh, find yourself feeling overwhelmed and feeling like Paul did, okay, Paul 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 says that I don't I don't want y'all to be ignorant of our trouble, which came to us. Now wait, it came to us while while we were out doing ministry. <laughs> We weren't out partying. We weren't out doing our own thing. This is, we we were doing the work of the Lord. And it came to us, the trouble that came to us, it burdened us beyond our strength. I'm wondering, have anybody ever been burdened beyond your strength? (laughs) I'm talking to a couple of people here. I'm talking about, I'm talking about burden beyond your strength. Until Paul says, yeah, he was he was pressed out of pressed out of measure. <laughs> pressed out of measure, okay? In so much that he despaired, he lost all hope. He lost hope for even to live. Oh Lord, help me now. Somebody will say, they know no saint got no business. No saint got no business getting to that point in their life if they really trust God. Can I help you? Come on. If you're not careful, you can find yourself there. (laughs) You'd be surprised how many saints, how many believers, if they would admit, if they would be just transparent, how many people would say, you know, Pastor, I've been there. (laughs) I've done that. Okay, so he says, he says, he says that he was, he was, he was, he was burdened. And so the greatness of the suffering is uh, emphasized here. This was no 
small suffering experience. The suffering was more than Paul had the natural strength to endure. And the suffering was life threatening. Come on, y'all. That's why we got to be careful. That's why we got to pray one for another. That's why we can't walk around here with a holier than thou spirit because let me tell you, you could be up today and you could be down tomorrow. You could be testifying the joy of the Lord is my strength today. You can have your head buried under the covers tomorrow. Amen. Paul was a target of Satan and he often experienced great attacks upon his person, okay? He just experienced it. Now notice, notice something. Notice something here. Burdened, afflicted, despairing. Now, now, now this is going to be interesting here because these descriptions are not in opposition to a contented soul. Don't miss it. Burdened, afflicted, despairing. These descriptions are not in opposition to a contented, and can I add, satisfied soul. In other words, they don't fight against each other. Because we as believers understand that in this world, we will have tribulations. I mean, Jesus said it. But then he says, what? Be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. And so we understand that in this world, we're we're not going to be free of hard times. How many of y'all know that 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 seems like that's just the way God uh, works sometimes? It seems like we go through a season of being blessed, and then it looks like then we go through a time of being burdened, and then we go through a time of being blessed again, and then we go through a time of being afflicted, and then we go through a time of being blessed again. Come on, somebody, and then we go to a time of being in despair. <laughs> I, I like to call it the roller coaster of life. That's why one minute you feel victorious and next minute you feel defeated. It's the roller coaster of life. But we understand that we're going to have hard times. But notice this, contentment, trust God while walking through the hard times. That's what Dr. Howe said. (laughs) That's where we get our satisfaction from. That's where our hope comes from, because we're trusting in God, all right? And so we, we, we trust him while we walk through our hard times. So, so did you guys not know that joy and sorrow can walk side by side and not be in opposition to each other? <laughs> I'm going to help somebody here. See, some of y'all thought because you weren't on the mountaintop that something was wrong. No. Joy and sorrow can walk together. 
What does scripture say? There's a time and a season for everything. What's that? Ecclesiastes, I think third chapter, somewhere right in there. Ecclesiastes three and one. A time and a season for everything. Okay? So it's seasonal. So that means that when we trust God, when we believe God, joy and sorrow can walk side by side and not be in opposition. In other words, not be in disagreement, not disapproval, no conflict to each other. (laughs) That's how Paul was able to say, that's how Paul was able to say that he, whatever state he found himself in, he was going to be content. Okay, he talks about being shipwrecked. He talked about being viper storm. He talked about being in danger of his own countrymen. Uh, read it, it's in there. He talks about all these things. But then yet he says, I learned. <laughs> Remember Sunday? I know how to be a base. I know how to abound. I know what it is to be hungry. I know what it is to be full. I know what joy is. I know what sorrow. I know what death is. I know what life is. I know what it is to laugh. I know what it is to cry. I've learned. (laughs) I I hope y'all following me. We're going to have to learn that through whatever process of wherever we may be, let's learn. Come on, somebody. Let's learn like the Apostle Paul did. All right, so then he says something else. Let, let me move on as I hold you too long tonight. He says something else. Number two, I hope you wrote it down. Number two is simply this. Contentment is not the absence of relational conflicts and anguish of the heart. Now, we're going to let Paul talk to us today, tonight. This ain't me, this Paul. <laughs> okay, because look at the first point. Paul had his share of relational disagreements, even departing from Barnabas over a dispute regarding Mark. Go there, go there, go there, Acts 15, so y'all can see it. Go there. Now, once again, he's not clubbing, (laughs) okay? But he's showing us something. Acts the 15th chapter, verse 39. 15 and 39. Somebody want to unmute and read that so I can know you got your Bible? Uh Uh-uh, somebody ain't got their Bible, see? And the the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so... Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. Do y'all see what she just read? That the contention was so sharp between them. (laughs) Huh? That they had to depart asunder from each other. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Do you know sometimes in this life, yeah, I'm going to say it. Sometimes in this life, we have to depart from folk. <laughs> it's right here. When I, when I get out of the Bible, y'all tell me, Reverend, you out of the Bible. Paul had to depart from him. Then I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show it to you. Okay? Because you have to understand, they're doing ministry. 
And so in the midst, look at the next point, in the midst of deep affection, ministry included relational anguish. It did. They loved each other. They loved each other. They just had a, the Bible said a sharp. <laughs> okay, so in the midst of, in the midst of, uh, of deep affection, ministry included relational anguish. <clears throat> when we say anguish, we speak of grief, sorrow, anxiety. It was all there. Okay, because how many of y'all know, first of all, the devil don't want you doing nothing for God in the first place. And then secondly, he don't want us to get along while we do what we do for God. <laughs> he don't. If he could keep a, a discord and trouble stirred up and she said that he said that they said and they weren't even together when they said it. If he could keep that going in the church, he's happy. Okay? But there come a time where even in ministry, we have to make up our mind. Look, uh-uh. If this thing, this thing got to be about God, it ain't about us. That's why so many people get their feelings hurt, because it's about them. Okay? When it's about God, what, why are we here? What's the motive? What's our purpose? So they said that contention was sharp. It was sharp. <laughs> it was sharp, y'all. Paul said, oh, huh. Paul said, uh, somebody turn to 2 Corinthians 2 and 4. 2 Corinthians 2 and 4. There it is up on the screen, 2 Corinthians 2 and 4. Paul said, I wrote to you out of, out of much affliction and anguish of heart with many tears. <laughs> okay. Not nicely why he had to uh, learn how to be content. He said, I wrote with you with many tears. He says, not, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. Paul said, I love you. <laughs> Paul said, I love you. I might not be able to work with you right now, but I love you. It causes it causes me much pain. That it causes me much pain that we both love the Lord. That we both want to be in the will of God. Come on here, somebody. That, that, that we both really love ministry. <clears throat> but we just can't get along. <laughs> Paul said that hurts. We're supposed to be going in the same direction. Not pulling against each other. Not trying to outdo each other. Huh? Somebody say amen. Let me see you say amen. Amen. He says, he says, he said it hurts. And 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 here's the reason why he says hurt. Here's the reason he say right here. Number one, loving others means. Our hearts will be for them. <clears throat> Watch this. Might not be to work with them, but guess what? <laughs> he 
still love you. My heart is still with you. Okay? And then on, over there to the right, <clears throat> it says contentment is not an indifferent, in other words, uncaring disposition towards others. It's not an uncaring mood towards others. In other words, I'm content because you leave me alone. I don't need nothing from you. You don't need nothing from me. I'm content now. Leave me alone. I don't need you. I'm happy. Yeah, you hear people say that. I'm happy that you out my life. Right, come on, how can you be happy? <laughs> Amen, we need each other. How can you be happy out of somebody else's life or somebody out of your life? Come on, sometimes we just be talking. Sometimes we talk to make ourselves feel better. Sometimes we talk to kind of uh, convince ourselves. Sometimes we talk because we don't know the meaning of what contentment is. <laughs> okay, contentment is not an indifferent, in other words, uncaring disposition mood toward other people. Okay? Instead, we should expect that the depth of our love for one another will involve tears. I mean, it's going to involve tears when you love. You know, things are going to happen. Because, and not, it don't have to be bad. Scripture says we weep when others weep. We're supposed to feel compassion in their pain. They probably be jumping and doing cartwheels over the pews and folk is hurting and crying. <laughs> and you just shouting all over them. That ain't scripture. We weep with those that weep. And then what? Then we rejoice <clears throat> with those that rejoice. Now, sometimes we got to give you a little extra push to come out of your weeping stage because we can't weep all year. Come on here, somebody. So that's why we have to encourage one another. See? So we can weep together, and then we can rejoice together. And then contentment is not in opposition to longing for the day when heartache will be over and tears will be no more. It's not in opposition of that. We all look for a better day. We do. We all look for a better day. We're all looking to come out of this pandemic. We look for a better day. But that's why Paul had to say, I learned. I had to learn that. I had to learn that it's okay to cry and still be content. Uh-oh. I had to learn that I could be content even while I'm broke. Okay? I had to, Paul says, Paul said, I had to learn it. All right, look at something else he says. When I get out of the Bible, y'all tell me I'm out the Bible. But, but right now, I'm, I know I'm in there. Look what he says. Contentment is not a life without longing and groaning in our distress. When we mistakenly view contentment as an endlessly positive Pollyanna attitude, we miss entering more deeply into relationship with Jesus. Um, somebody unmute and tell me what a, what a Pollyanna uh, attitude is. Anybody remember Pollyanna? <laughs> somebody got to know. Sister Pat? Am I unmuted? Yes, go ahead. 
Pollyanna was always happy no matter what. She was always dancing, jumping around, singing. That's right. Pollyanna, she was in a movie years ago, probably before my time. And she's just happy. She just had optimistic spirit. She just, no matter what happened in life, boy, it was just, everything was just great. Okay? Everything was just great for her. <laughs> Until they even, there's a such thing as a a, 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 poly, a Pollyanna attitude. Hmm. Okay? And so, 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 so y'all, y'all, y'all do some research on that because that, that, that's a real thing. But she just, she just, oh, here goes some sayings here. Uh, Pollyanna says, look, I hate to sound like Pollyanna, but watch this. Hold on. Let me make sure my screen is right because, you know, with this background thing, sometimes it don't do right. Oh, there it is. There it is. Look what he says. I hate to sound like Pollyanna, but I literally can't wait to get to work in the morning. Come on, raise your hand if you just cannot wait to get to work in the morning. No, 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 don't do that. Okay. She says, uh, I've got I've got a steady job. I've got my health and I'm here in the greatest city in the world. And I'd be a pig not to be grateful. She just she was just grateful about everything. Over here it says that there there is something about everything that you can be glad about if you keep hunting long enough to find it. Okay, so she was just really all about just no matter what happened in life. You're just supposed to be happy, go lucky, and jolly. Well, can I say this? Wouldn't life be beautiful if that's the way it really was? Life would be wonderful if we could have the Pollyanna attitude all the time. But guess what? It ain't going to happen. And so when we mistakenly view contentment as an endlessly positive Pollyanna attitude, here's what happens. We miss entering more deeply into relationship with Jesus. And here's the reason, here's the reason why. Here's the reason why I say that. Jesus was troubled in soul on the eve of his crucifixion and in agony prayed multiple times to the father for rescue. It's right there in the book of Luke. Multiple times. Lord, father, if if it be that, let this cup pass from me. Okay. Paul described, look at here, his own experience with similar distress. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 2, he says, in this tent, in other words, body, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. Then if you go all the way to the fourth verse, uh, he talks about, he talks about the groaning. He said, he says that we do groan. And so, and so the groaning speaks of the dissatisfaction with this earthly life. Now, 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 please don't misunderstand me. Life has some good times. <laughs> but then there are just sometimes in life 
Come on. There are just some days that don't have to be on the calendar. <laughs> Am I right about it? There are some years we wish we could probably forget. But it happens. Paul said we groan. The, the groaning speaks of our dissatisfaction with this earthly life. Paul, in fact, he wants mortality to be swallowed up. He wants eternal life. Let me all know we did not come here to stay. Okay? And so, and so, and so we have to understand when it comes to contentment. That contentment does not mean that we are free from desires, longings, or heart-wrenching circumstances. It don't mean that. And, 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 and watch this. If you are hurting or someone you love needs healing, nothing wrong with crying out to God. Cry out for God in other people's behalf. Cry out to God in your behalf. Because contentment is an empathy or a sort of grin and bear it mentality. Now, y'all know we've been told to smile and nod. <laughs> nod and smile. Just, 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 just smile. Okay? But, 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 but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help us here. I'm trying to serve us notice that that don't mean a person is content because they just grinning and smiling. Half the time when you say, how you doing? They want to just say, oh, 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 oh. come on. They want to just fall all on you and just knock you down crying. Okay? And so it's not, it's not contentment. That's not what it is. And so we, we, we can seek solutions and help in our trials. We can tell others we are suffering. May the day come. <laughs> May the day come that we're able to tell other folk, look, I'm going through. Come on, I'm going through. Many of y'all saw, I know you saw it on Facebook and it, it's been everywhere now where Kirk Franklin uh, had a little episode with his son. Y'all been following it. I know you have. Y'all been looking at it and all this stuff. And I'm, I, I think it's kind of not, not the situation's not funny because the situation is deep. You know, it's deeper because of what had to take place publicly. But it, I, I kind of laugh at all the folk who don't even have children got the answer. Don't even have children and you got the answer. How you going to have the answer and you don't even have kids? <laughs> Dr. Howe stood up on that one. How, no, really, you don't even have children. You don't get to talk. You really don't get to talk. Now, I'm going to say it. That's right. And they kids, they never gave them a moment's trouble if they do have one. Oh, she, straight A's, they always been so good, so kind. The rest of us, well, let me shut up. Go on, Pastor. I'm so sorry. Just mute she me. just interrupted Bible study, didn't she? Y'all know, just kidding. <laughs> no, but it's the truth, you guys. And I'm bringing out a point here because the point is, don't ever say what you won't do. I mean, I know we're not supposed to cuss and swear and all that stuff. Like, I understand all that. But don't never say what you won't do. Hey. Amen. I could only imagine if Sister Rebecca was to stand up, even right now, against Margie. I'd be scared for Sister Rebecca. <laughs> I would be. Amen. And so, and so the point is, when people are suffering, 
Sometimes you need to cry out, let people know that, that, that a lot of stuff could be avoided. A lot of stuff could really be avoided if, if the saints had somebody to talk to. But that creates another problem. Okay? But we're going to leave that alone. So crying out to God for relief is not in opposition to contentment. It ain't. It's not in opposition. They don't, they don't fight against each other when you cry out to God. And so when we mistakenly view contentment, once again, as an endlessly positive Pollyanna attitude, we miss entering more deeply into a relationship with Jesus. Because here's the thing, Jesus knows all about your struggles. He knows all about our troubles. He knows about our shortcomings. He knows. Come on here, somebody. And because he knows, that's how we can be learn how to be content. Because we trust him that he's going to see us through. He's going to bring us out. He's going to bring us over. Because we learn how to be content in trusting him. And when we cry out to him, we're letting him know we trust him. <laughs> that he's the one, all right, who can heal all diseases and soothe all doubts and calm all fear. All right, let's close with the last one. Paul said, I've learned <clears throat> whatever state I find myself in, to be content. Now, watch this. This one here is very important as well. Contentment is not freedom from fear and anxiety. Uh-oh. I'm going to say it again. Contentment is not freedom from fear and anxiety. Now, I got to help y'all on this one real quick. I got to help you on this. Because the first thing we like to do is quote scripture. That's the first thing we like to do. But that consequently, what happens is many times we quote scripture out of context. All right. It don't always apply or is not written the way we try to use it. Now, contentment is not freedom from fear and anxiety. Somebody would say, well, no, Reverend, because the scripture says that God had not given us the spirit of fear, but a sound mind and of power and this, that, and the other. Okay, yes, he has. But you also have to understand the context in which that particular text was written. Prior to it, he says, stir up the gifts. And Timothy was timid in doing ministry. He was scared of the people. He was, he was timid in doing ministry. So Paul had to tell him that God don't give you fear while you're doing ministry. <laughs> okay? So you, you have to understand when scripture is written, you, you know. Uh, now, of course, God don't give us the spirit of fear. He don't want us to have a spirit of fear. But, 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 but let me just explain something to you right now. If you turned around and looked to your left, and there was a lion coming through that door, you're going to have some fear, honey. Now, I don't care what you say. I don't care. You could be a man, a woman. <laughs> I'm a holler. You're going to know there's a lion in this room. Okay? And some of y'all don't even need a lion to come in the room. 
Okay, let a little rat go running across your table. Some of y'all going to jump and tear some stuff up. <laughs> okay? So we have to be very we have to be very careful, okay? While we're quoting while we're quoting scripture because you need to know that contentment is not freedom from fear and and uh, anxiety. Paul explained the state of his circumstances and inner turmoil in stark detail. Okay, look what he says in 2 Corinthians 7 and 5. Paul says, even when we came into Macedonia, he said, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn. And then watch this part. He says, fighting without and fear within. <laughs> so in other words, he said, we were fighting. We were scared of the devil, but we were fighting. <laughs> Come on here. It's right there in the text. He said, everywhere that they turned. Okay. Everywhere they turned when they got there. And they were tired. I mean, I know it's bad enough to be tired. So, so when I read that scripture, I can't help but to come to come to this conclusion <clears throat> that Paul faced outward danger and inward fear. He was messed up. <laughs> outward danger and inward fear. He he bore daily pressure and. In, and anxiety for all the churches that was under his care. I mean, I know church folk can cause you to be full of anxiety. <clears throat> Pressure. I only passed one church. He had all of them. He had Corinth. He had Ephesians, Ephesus. He had, come on, he had all of those. And, and, and there was all saints and he was always correcting them. They was always into something. He spent more time correcting them than he did preaching to them. Settling disputes. Okay? That, 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 that gets next to the preacher. <clears throat> and so one thing about Paul, Paul did not hide his struggles, both physical nor <clears throat> emotional. Paul let you know how he felt. Come on. <clears throat> he let you know how he felt. Yet he took his fears and his anxieties to the Lord. And every time he would take them to the Lord, he would always experience peace in the midst of them. I mean, I know God can give you peace right in the midst of whatever you're going through. God will give you peace. If God had to give somebody peace lately, <laughs> right in the midst of what you're going through. And that's why he instructed the, uh, the church at Philippi in the book of Philippians, he said, don't be anxious about anything. But what? In everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Don't forget the thanksgiving part. Let your request be what? Known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds 
in Christ Jesus. How many of you all know he'll guard your heart and your mind if you want him to? <clears throat> he ain't going to take over. Mm-mm. God ain't never had a takeover spirit. He ain't going to take over. You got to, you got to willingly. Okay. Allow him to guard your heart. Guard your mind. Okay. You have to allow him to do it. Let me, let me, let me, let me close. So Paul learned the secret of contentment. Not by freeing himself from earthly struggles or burdens, but watch this, but by experiencing the power of Christ's presence in both his times of plenty and times of want. Don't miss that. He didn't find it in in trying to get away from what he was going through. He didn't rush the process. Okay, three times I asked the Lord to do what? Remove this thorn in my flesh. Three times the Lord told me what? My grace is sufficient, so I'm just going to be content at this point. (laughs) Whatever lesson he's trying to teach me, where I'm at, I need to learn it. I need to submit to him. I need to learn the lesson. Okay. So Paul, Paul, he understood that the secret of contentment was not to get away from it, but to experience God's power right in the middle of what he was going through. Okay. He embraced Christ's goodness in the midst of life's hardness. And all of Paul's life testified, all his life, He would say, Christ is enough. He's enough. He's enough. He's all I need. And then when he was able to say that Christ is enough, then he was able to say, it is well with my soul. Let me tell y'all something. (laughs) At the end of the day, (laughs) at the end of the day, you want your testimony to be that is well with my soul. You might not have a dime and you might be doing bad in learning how to be content. <laughs> but at the end of the day, as Apostle Paul did, he was able to say it's well with my soul. And when you can say it's well with your soul, that you're content, that you're, as y'all say, satisfied. Giving God thanks in everything. Now, once again, I always say, I don't thank him that I'm sick. I thank him that I know he's a healer. I don't thank him for being broke. But I thank you he's a supplier of all my needs. I don't thank him for being locked up in the house right now. But I thank him because he'll never leave me, nor will he forsake me. And if I call on him, he'll answer me. And show me great and marvelous things. And so I've learned in whatsoever state that I find myself in, Paul says, 
I'm going to be content. So contentment does not mean that I desire nothing, but rather it's the simple decision to be happy with what I have. Don't mean I don't want nothing else, (laughs) but I just choose to decide to be happy with what I have. That's the time God, that's the time you'll see God bless you when, when you, when you are appreciative to what God has already provided for you. Contentment makes poor men rich. Discontent makes rich men poor. That came from Benjamin Franklin. No matter how much you have, if you ain't happy. <laughs> no matter what you have. And, and and I think we all can come to an agreement that material things just don't, they make us happy for a period of time. But it ain't long before we'll be looking for something else. All right. God bless you all. May heaven 